Monday. 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 Open wide, dev fans. Get ready to stuff your face with JavaScript, CSS, Node modules, barbecue tips, Git workflows, breakdancing, soft skills, web development, the hastiest, the craziest, the tastiest web development treats. Coming in hot, here is Wes, Barracuda, Boss, and Scott, El Toro Loco, Tolinsky. Welcome to Syntax in this Monday Hasty Treat. We're going to be talking about making courses. So you want to make a course? Well, you got, you know, two course masters over here who are going to enlighten you into (laughs) uh, some things to keep into consideration before you get started. My name is Scott Talinsky. I'm a developer from Denver, Colorado. With me, as always, is Wes Boss. How's it going, Wes? I'm doing good. I'm I'm excited about this topic because I get all the time people ask me like, hey, I want to make a course. Do you think people will buy it? Like, and the answer is don't just ask me because I don't know. Um, you, there's techniques. I see it all the time on Twitter as well. People are like, I'm thinking about making a course on X, Y, and Z. Will yep. you buy it? And then they have yes or no. And it's always like 100% yes. And I was like, people vote with their wallets, right. not on Twitter polls. Yeah, yeah. It's really easy to click yes inside of that. And I mean, uh, the worst is though when you see like a course that's been completed and released and it obviously took a lot of time to work on and you just know just from looking at it that uh, it's not going to work out well for them. So uh, we're going to be talking about some of our tasty treats around making courses. Now, this episode is sponsored by one of the tastiest sponsors in syntax history, and this is Sentry at Sentry.io. You're going to want to sign up using the coupon code Tasty Treat. Now, what <laughs> is Sentry? Well, Sentry is the place to keep track of all of your errors and exceptions, no matter what platform you are using. Seriously. Any platform you're on, you're working in, Node, PHP, uh, React, uh, whatever, literally anything, it's going to work with Sentry, and Sentry is going to help you solve your bugs. Now, let me tell you how I use Sentry. I attach each of my releases. Uh, Each of my releases within Sentry are tagged to the release name, and it's tagged to a specific Git commit, and I have my whole source maps uploaded there. And any time that I have a bug, I can check out my source maps, and I can see exactly where that bug is happening in my code on production and what release introduced that bug. Let's say, here's a bug. I'm out of... I'm out of the office right now. I got this bug. Well, I can just roll back to the previous release because I know that's going to fix the problem. Uh, And Sentry gives me the ability to fully understand that. So if you run any kind of software that other people are using, you're going to want to check out Sentry at Sentry.io. Again, use the coupon code TastyTreat, all lowercase, all one word, and you will get yourself two months for free. Yeah, you're going to want to do that. Uh, because Sentry is one of those things that we live over here. So check it out, Sentry.io. So let's get into it, Wes. So the first thing we want to talk about is just validating and gathering ideas about what you want to build a course on. Because you have maybe you you want to build a course and you're you're an expert at something, but first you need a couple ideas. So first, what should you build your course on? If you still don't have an idea, um, first you need to be like pretty good at something. You need to be an expert or somewhat close to being an expert on it. Um, You need to know a lot about it. You need to be passionate and excited about it because you certainly could go and make a course on like Excel tricks. Um, By the way, have you seen that YouTube video of the guy who is uh, does competitive Excel? No, but that sounds awesome. (laughs) That sounds great. Search for uh, on YouTube. I'll put the link in the show notes. It's called uh, Marco, M-A-K-R-O. 
or macro is his name. <laughs> he's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's like a, a competitive gamer, but he's just talking about like all these like hilarious things. Oh my he, God. This looks hilarious. Excel stream highlights. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> and he's talking about new releases at BalmerCon. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, honestly, I think that Microsoft is going the wrong way. It needs to get his head out of the water and, <laughs> and stop. Oh man. I can't even describe how hilarious this is. So that's a bit of an aside. You need to go and watch that after this podcast. But you basically need to, to teach what you know and you need to be excited about it um, because you certainly could go in the direction of something like an Excel course or something like, I don't know, something that is well needed but not exciting. I don't think that that will ever result in, in a very good course. So um, once you have a list of ideas of things that you might possibly want to make a course on, and I, I say list of ideas because you might have an idea of like, I'm really good at CSS, SVG, uh, React, Vue, Angular, uh, being able to write a testing course or something like that. And those are probably good ideas, but you don't know if people are going to be receptive to them. So you have to go and, and validate those ideas. Well, even before validation, I, I do want to stand a little bit more on the like teaching what you know things. Because yeah. like when I broke into level up tutorials, like when we first started doing that, I first I want to emphasize this, this things that you're excited about, because the very first tutorials that I tried to do were on Adobe Premiere. And, and sure, I knew Adobe Premiere, but I wasn't necessarily excited about it at that time. I just felt like this is a thing I knew really well, so it would be easy for me to do tutorials on. Meanwhile, I was working all day as a web dev doing Drupal stuff. And it wasn't like Drupal was that much more exciting, but I was in it at that moment in a way that was more exciting to me at that current moment than Premiere was. And so sure enough, my Premiere tutorials were total garbage because I wasn't really that into it where every single day I was coding in Drupal. So one of the things that really broke through my courses into actually being good was to take something that I was working in every single day and maybe not something that I was an expert in, but something that I was so excited about at that time and so into at that time that it was going to translate correctly into that course. So that to me was like a big thing was like, what are these topics, right? Was it SAS, Drupal, HTML, CSS? Those were the things that I was really excited about. Not Adobe Premiere, right? Beautiful. That's such a good tip. So talking about validation, you basically need to throw out a bunch of content and see what sticks. And this is from a lot of people. They are kind of bummed to hear this because they just want to create a course right out of the gate, make a bunch of money off of it or, or sell it. And First of all, you you need a whole audience to market yeah. to. That that's a different show. We're not going to talk about that here. But you need to like throw a bunch of ideas and see what sticks. So whether that's a series of YouTube videos, um, series of blog posts, reading Stack Overflow, going to Twitter, going to meetups, see what people are having having trouble with. Basically, making a bunch of content, whether that's a YouTube blog post, Twitter tips, and after I don't know a couple of months of putting out consistent content something is going to spike up. And for Scott, that was your SaaS course, right? Sure. Something just like, wow, this is just a super needed right now. For me, it was a, a bunch of blog posts on Sublime Text and, and they did super well. And, and even now, if I want to know what we should do podcasts on, it's often just like a, I have a little Twitter tip and I either get tons of questions about it or people are just like, wow, I had no idea you could do that. And I'm like, that's probably something we should do a blog post on because or a a syntax on because it's well needed in the space. So basically 
you need to know that it's going to be popular. The numbers need to be there before you go ahead and spend a whole bunch of time on creating something that you don't necessarily know will do well. Can we talk about uh, if I I wonder if you'll pick up on this, if if I say what I don't want to give away the answer, what product in our space that has come out in the past year and a half or so do you think has done the best job of this? I wonder if you can pick this up because I, I have one in mind that I think is very obvious. We talk about it somewhat often on this podcast. We talked about it in the design episode of the podcast. Oh, the um, Adam and Steve's design. Yeah. So refactoring UI. Yeah. Refactoring UI. Let's just talk about how that worked. Let's talk about it. It was good. It was very good. So they have um, Adam Wethen and Steve Shoger have this thing called refactoring UI. And day one buy for me. That's for sure. It's a book on how to become a better developer from a, or sorry, how to become a better designer from a developer's point of view. And like, how did they know that this would do well? Well, Steve was just posting hot tips to Twitter. Yep. And they were a runaway success. Hot, hot flames, hot flames. And then they, they got together with, with Adam and Steve got together and put out this book. And like that thing has done so well and is so well praised by everybody in the community and they sort of like, did they just nailed it, right? And like, how do they know that they needed a design book for developers, right? It's because they didn't just like make it and launch it. And it was like, wow, who knew? They knew. They for sure knew oh, that yeah. this was going to do well oh, yeah. because of all of the stuff leading up to it. Totally. I The moment I saw that they were doing a book, literally the moment I saw that book, I was like, that's going to do well. Like that's going to be, that's going <laughs> to uh, sell gangbusters because you just knew that it was already validated. It was so validated that everybody outside of it probably could have tell that that idea was currently validated. I think that's an important thing to work. You know, another thing people need to verify, like if people are going to get onto this on board with your work, they need to verify the quality of your work. And if you're not West Boss, right, how are people going to verify the quality of your work? It could be through validating it through things like this, right, by putting out those hot tips, right? They know that these tips are already going to be good. Or maybe you have a, a YouTube series that's like for free as like a prerequisite or a, a, a precursor to this, right? And you could see what the reaction to the that content is. It could also serve as a, a validator or a legitimizer for your work. I love the word legitimizer, by the way. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, for those of you who don't yeah. know, a member of my B-Boy crew and I came up with this whole concept of legitimizers, which is just <laughs> really validators. Right. Like what are the things that make you legitimate? Right. Like my wife is a doctor of psychology. Her PhD is a legitimizer. She could do all sorts of things that people without a PhD couldn't do just because she has the, that, um, that certification, right? That level of, forgive me for using this word again, but legitimizer, right? And so what are the <laughs> legitimizers that your content has and how can you show those off and make those known for people? Yeah, it's, it's funny you say if you're not West Boss, but like even mine, I don't give previews of my course. I just have entire free courses. Yeah. Um, and that's my that's my legitimizer. Well, there's there's other things as well that I used to be a legitimizer, but that's a big one where people say, like, I don't know if I'm going to like it or not. I'm like, well, go take a couple of videos of the free course and, and come back and see if you really like the way that I teach things or the way that I describe things or the way I say JavaScript is funny. <laughs> and like I have, I get, I do the first five videos of all of my courses as for a preview. That way, anybody who can come 
you know, you're curious about a specific course, you can at least get up and running yeah. and you can do like the first five videos and say, okay, I would like to continue this or, you know, maybe no, this one isn't for me, you know, just to give the, the users that, that quick little view into the course. You might be asking like, okay, Wes, um, like what do you do now okay, to, to figure Wes. out <laughs> Wes? I don't see you writing blog posts every single day to, to validate what you want. And like one big thing that I do is I'll often send an email out to my entire email list and say like, hey, like what are you having trouble with? Like before my, when I was thinking about making a beginner JavaScript course, I sent an email out to like 300,000 people and said, hey, like what what's hard for you? Mm -hmm. Like just tell me what's hard for you to learn in JavaScript. What are you struggling with right now? Um, what do you feel you're not that good at? And I got thousands of emails back from people and I read every single one of them and both that's good marketing copy. Like you take it right out of the, is it the horse's mouth? Is that, is that the saying you take it right out of there? You you get it from the horse's mouth. I don't think you take things away, take things out of the horse's mouth. That's a good way to lose your arm, right? The horse got big <laughs> teeth. You get it straight from the horse's mouth where, what are people struggling with? And they tell you exactly like what it is. And then you could just turn around and say, okay, good. I've, I've literally heard from thousands of people what they're struggling with. Now let me take that and, and turn it into something that is easier. So that that's another great way to validate as well is you just have to talk to a lot of people um, and don't ask your friends. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> hey, should I do this? Yeah, man, go for it. Totally. Feel like, yeah, I would totally buy that. Yeah. And that that's why we're bagging on tweeting out. Should I build this thing? Because you got to ask people to commit with their time, with their money, with their attention. Uh, and that's how they, like if somebody sent me like a, like it probably took them 20 minutes to write some of these emails. They clearly care enough about learning JavaScript if they take 20 minutes to type up an email to me and send it over. Yeah. You know, another thing is, is like, you have to pay attention a little bit to what some of these issues are, like what's popping off right now. Okay. Um, you know, this is popping off. I see you know, maybe a couple of Reddit posts here. Check out this really cool thing that I did. Check out this cool react project or check out this cool thing. Uh, Oh, um, you know, for instance, I knew that my Svelte three course was, was going to work specifically because at the time I made it, there was a lot of chatter about Svelte around. People were really starting to notice how simple it was. And I myself was really enjoying it. So I took that opportunity to say, okay, a lot of people are talking about this right now, right? If I did the same course three, four months later, who knows? But if I did that course right now, I know that uh, there is conversation happening around this in a way that there may not be at a given point or wasn't maybe even before. I have a whole list of like, you know, 10 courses that I could make right now. They're just sort of sitting there in my uh, Kanban board, right? Just like just just hanging out and they're in my my hopefuls and I just kind of keep an eye on them. And and just if something starts to really tick and move a needle a little bit, I'll, I'll start to become a little bit more interested in this particular topic. Or if I, I personally have like um, the subscribers on my channel get to, to vote, right? For potential series, their votes don't yeah. like one-to-one -one determine which ones I'm going to do. Uh, but it definitely gives me a little bit of that validator to, you know, what are people who are currently on my platform interested right, right now? So just paying attention to what people are talking about and what's popping off is uh, a big thing as well. I love it. Um, 
anything else to to oh the, the last one I should say is like collect people's email addresses. So what I did on the bottom of all of my blog posts about Sublime Text is I said I'm launching a book, sign up to get a coupon, and I had like two thousand people enter their email addresses in over a year's time. And like to me, if somebody's willing to give you their email address, developers don't give their email address for anything. And if someone's like honestly willing to give your your email address for something like that, that is like payment enough for me because it shows that they really want this thing and they don't want to miss it. Right. Totally. So start collecting an email address or, or just like you could you could honestly this this sounds a little bit weird, but you could probably put up three or four different course websites and put uh, make a couple little practice YouTube videos and say, hey, I'm building a course. Yep. Here's just a couple of videos from it and make sure you sign up to, to get the next couple um, and then see which videos get the most views and, and which which websites gets the most signups. It's all about testing stuff. It's almost like A-B testing. Yeah. Yeah. I do that with all my emails. Anytime I send an email out, I always A-B test the titles of the email and I'll do two titles and then MailChimp, ha- I know, I'm sure other platforms do, but you just say, I want to A-B test the title. And then you have two different titles. MailChimp sends out a test run of like to 25% of your list or something like that. Whichever title gets the most amount of clicks, it then sends that title out to the rest of your audience. But that's like sort of the same thing. You're you're validating something by giving them uh, multiple options and then seeing which one is the most popular. I, I think that's really a cool idea. And if you had a template for a course and you could just you know, you had the ideas, it wouldn't be too difficult to maybe swap out some of those ideas and see which one is more popular. That's a pretty cool idea. So that's it. Let us know if you like this, because we could certainly do more hasty treats on marketing and reaching people. And like um, to me, it's it's almost kind of too bad that launching a course requires all of this extra work because and let me explain is that like I wish that people who were experts in a certain technology could just make a course and they're really good at explaining it and they're really good at marketing it and they are really good at pacing it. And but the, unfortunately, there's just like all this other stuff that comes along with also being an expert at the topic. Uh, so I don't know. I get questions about this stuff all the time. And let us know if you want to hear any more about marketing or recording and things like that. Word. We're approaching our 200th episode. Wednesday oh. is our 200th episode. It will be already recorded by the time you listen to this one, but it's going to be amazing. Make sure you sign in. Make sure you send Scott flowers as a congratulation. (laughs) (laughs) Toss them on the the whatever fictional stage. Just buy some flowers and toss them at a a stage in your imagination. Yeah. Or just tweet a flower emoji at Syntax FM. I'm into it. (laughs) All right. Thanks for tuning in. Catch you later. All right. Catch you later. Peace. Peace. Head on over to Syntax.fm for a full archive of all of our shows. And don't forget to subscribe in your podcast player or drop a review if you like this show.